started his his biography in 1510 after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas to deal with the separation. And uh, subsequently, we see various biographies following. Um, one is the most famous one was for a long time the Chaitanya Bhagavad. It followed the same uh, the same sequences of Murari, but it is much more elaborate and describing much more the ecstatic mood of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And a little later today, I want to sample a little bit of Chaitanya Bhagavad. Um, what I wanted to do now is carry on um, from this biography of Murari. I focused last week on the first chapter and that first chapter was introducing the elders, the one, the generation before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was present in Navadvip and what kind of personalities they were and, and how come they were all great devotees. The reason was they all had a connection with Madhavendra Puri, who was such a great devotee. In this way, we traced back the lineage leading up to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And today, I want to focus, at least in the beginning, on the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is described as the most magnanimous incarnation, um, the most merciful. And if there is one book that deals with that more than any other book, it is a book known as Sri Chaitanya Chandramrita. <coughs> this book is written by Prabodhananda Saraswati. We find that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taken sannyas, he went on a journey of South India. On this journey of South India, he came to Sri Rangam, and it was the time of the rainy season. <coughs> so generally, mendicants wouldn't travel during that time. So during that time, he remained in Sri Rangam, and he met with Venkatabhata. Vengatabhata was uh, uh, an important leading priest in the Sri Rangam temple and, and a very learned personality. And they had discussions on, uh, on philosophy and that is included in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But then the brother of Vengatabhata had taken sannyas and uh, his name was Prabodhananda Saraswati as a sannyasi. Then the son of Venkatabhata became later Gopal Bhatta Goswami in Vrindavan. So, I mean, this is obviously a key family in the whole uh, Chaitanya pastimes. Then Prabodhananda, he writes this book, Chaitanya Chandramrita. And I'll just start reading. From the beginning, 
Let us glorify the boundlessly merciful Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Prince of Raja, to taste the intoxicating sweet waves of the nectar of transcendental love for Krishna, as well as to give that nectar to others. He has now appeared in the transcendental abode of Navadvita as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. One who is untouched by any piety, who is completely absorbed in irreligion, and who has never received the merciful plans of the devotees, or been to any holy place sanctified by them, will still ecstatically dance, loudly sing, and even roll about on the ground when he becomes intoxicated by tasting the nectar of the transcendental mellows of pure love of God given by Lord Chaitanya. Let me therefore glorify that Lord Chaitanya. So we can just focus for a moment untouched by any piety. Really, has, has it done anything pious in his life? Not only anything religious, but not even something pious by, by doing welfare work for others. Right? Even that is pious. Digging a well is pious in the Vedic literature. In other words, translating that in modern terms, um, doing something to provide for others. But one who is untouched by any piety, who is completely absorbed in irreligion. In other words, someone who has zero interest in spiritual life, who never received the merciful plans of devotees, or been to any holy place sanctified by them. So if you look at all that, Many of us did better than this, somehow or other. But even those, even those, will still roll about on the ground when he becomes intoxicated by tasting the nectar of the transcendental mellows of pure love of God, given by Lord Chaitanya. Let me therefore glorify that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Not attainable by the faithful performance of pious deeds, not understood by those engaged in austerity, meditation and yoga, not guessed by those absorbed in detachment, renunciation of prayers, and unknown even to the devotees, full of love for Lord Govinda. The secret of pure devotional service has been revealed by the holy name during Lord Gora's event. Let me glorify that. So again, even even devotees, great devotees who have love for Lord Govinda, they can still not penetrate where those who are chanting the holy name of Lord, which was made available but widely by Sri Chaitanya Whether seen, touched, glorified, remembered, bowed down to from afar or worshipped, Sri Chaitanya gives the nature of pure love of Krishna to his devotees. Let me glorify Sri Chaitanya, the merciful Supreme Personality of Godhead. For those who attained the merciful sight long glance of Lord Gura in personal liberation becomes as palatable as going to hell. The heavenly cities of the demigods become as real 
as flowers imagine to float in the sky, the poisonous fangs of the untamable black snakes of the senses become broken. The whole world becomes full of joy, and Brahma, Indra, and all the great demigods become like tiny insects. Let us glorify that Lord Gora. When Lord Gora Chandra's devotees were worshipped even by the demigods during the wonderfully sweet nectar of the bliss of pure love of God that flows from the lotus flower of Lord Gorachandra's feet, they become completely intoxicated. In that condition they laugh at Lord Brahma and the other demigods, condemn the impersonalist yogis, and do not consider the great devotees of Lord Vishnu, who do not worship Lord Gorachandra to be very important. Let us glorify that Lord Gorachandra. What benefit did the world attain when Lord Ram, Lord Ashinga, and many other incarnations of Godhead killed so many Rakshas and Daicha demons? How important is it that Lord Kapila and other incarnations revealed the path of Sankhya and Yoga? How glorious is it that Lord Brahma and other Guna avatars create, maintain, and destroy the material universes? How auspicious is it that Lord Varaha lifted the earth from the Garbhagat ocean. We do not consider any of these activities to be very important. The most important thing is that Lord Chaitanya has revealed the great, great splendor of pure love of Krishna. Let us glorify that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's the first chapter of the Chaitanya Chandra. Murari Gupta is kind of um, a very outspoken personality. Uh, you know, he says very strong things. Uh, he speaks from a very strong conviction. Uh, the casual observer might just think this is sectarian. What benefit did the world attain? Lord Brown, Lord Shunga. Why is he, is he criticizing other incarnations? And is, is, isn't that sectarian, narrow-minded? And we find sometimes also uh, similar sectarian statements in the words of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. Because Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, he says that anyone who is a devotee of Krishna but who does not recognize Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Lord is a demon. I mean, these are like very strong statements. I mean, think of nice, innocent devotees of Krishna who just don't know about Chaitanya. I mean, are they the demons? Uh, no, it, is, it obviously refers to those who are opposing denies existence. But then also, it's not that Krishna's Kaviraj is speaking from a sectarian platform. Such devotees as Krishna's Kaviraj and Prabodhananda Saraswati, they speak from a platform of ecstasy. They speak from a platform of pure love. They speak from a platform of seeing the importance, the unique importance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
and they see how nothing compares to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes, mercy, of course, the mercy of all these incarnations is extraordinary. Extraordinary in so many ways. The mercy of the Lord filters into this universe again and again by various incarnations, but nothing compares, nothing compares to the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, because now, um, now love of God is becoming available without considering qualification. And it is, it is very easily and quickly given. Um, it is, uh, <clears throat> it is established that by the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, things that are otherwise difficult become easy. And that without him, even easy things can be difficult. Yes. So, very short book. It's, it's easy to, uh, to quickly read. Let me offer respect for this. This is to Lord Chaitanya Chandra, whose face is as splendid as millions of moons, and whose smile is as charming as moonlight. He's like a moon that has just risen from the ocean of the bliss of pure love. love. Chaitanya Chandra, the moon. Right? Chaitanya is the moon. Sometimes he is compared to the sun, sometimes he is compared to the moon. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Daya. The mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is such that he lights up darkness, the darkness of Kali, just like the moon, with his example of pure love of God. He lights up the dry speculation of various scholars who argue on the basis of Vedic literatures with, with the tears that are flowing from his eyes, incessantly shooting from his eyes. The drain in the Jagannath temple, um, just next to the Garuda's stump over Sri Chaitanya stand at a distance looking at Lord Jagannath. That drain was filled with, with a flow of water coming from the tears of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Where did all that water come from? Oh, oh Lord Chaitanya Chandra, by devotedly serving your lotus feet, one can attain the pure love for Lord Krishna. That is the ultimate goal of all endeavors. Oh, Lord Chaitanya Chandra, oh, great auspiciousness of the world, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. Moving his hands and feet, raising the two golden rods of his arms, trembling as he dances, and loudly calling out, Hari, Hari, in ecstatic bliss, Lord Chaitanya Chandra, vanquishes the inauspiciousness of this world. To that Lord Chaitanya Chandra, whose eyes are like two large lotus flowers, who is immersed in tasting the sweet nectar of pure love of Krishna, and who is the crest jewel of all incarnations, 
I offer my respect to the basis. O Lord Chaitanya Chandra, O Lord, whose form is full of blissful pastimes, O Lord, whose complexion is as splendid as gold, O Lord, who gives in charity the nectar of pure love for Lord Krishna, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. To Lord Hari, his eyes now, like millions of rain clouds, shedding torrents of tears, the opulence of pure love of Krishna, uh, making him laugh at millions of Vaikuntha worlds, his charming handsomeness like millions of nectar oceans, and his role, now that of a sannyasi, I offer my respectful Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whose love of God is not just casual, not just something uh, in the heart, but rather as uh, as Srila Prabhupada's God brother described it, like a volcano uh, bursting from the heart and overwhelming a love of God that comes in like great waves, creating great tidal waves in the ocean of mercy, splendidly dressed in wonderful saffron garments, as glorious as the sunrise, and glowing with the nectar of pure love of Krishna, made a wonderful and handsome womb of Lord Chaitanya, which has risen from the milk ocean of Sachi's womb, <clears throat> and to the sky of your heart. Sanyasi. Why? Why would the Supreme Lord have to limit himself in such a way? Limit himself by the rigid vows of Sanyas. Sanyas is very restrictive. Basically, basically the vow of Sanyas means one should not make any endeavors whatsoever to enjoy anything in this world. And all one's endeavors should, should, should merely be for the service of the Supreme Lord. Well, that's a very intense vow. And not a little? No, not a little. What comes on its own accord? Someone is like 
was not the case in any ashram, but maybe more difficult in the Grihasta ashram to always realize it. So, chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, his own holy names which bring auspicious to the world, his hand trembling with love as he touches the knotted string about his waist to count the number of names. Not on beads, but on a knotted string. His faith, bathed in tears, as he comes and goes, eager to see his own form of Lord Jagannath, and bringing great delights to delight to the eyes of all, may the golden form of Lord Hari protect you. Uprooting the dense darkness in the hearts of the entire world, making the nectar ocean of the bliss of pure love of Krishna overflow its shores without limits and cooling this universe, tormented by the threefold miseries, May the splendid moonlight of the moon of Lord Chaitanya Chandra eternally shine within your hearts. So in this way, Kavikarnapur, oh no, sorry. In this way, Bhagavad is taking us deep, deep into the ecstatic uh, experience of love of God, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is experiencing. And and the effect that this love of God has on, on whoever comes in touch with it, um, that it is like a tidal wave, that it sweeps people up. And this is, is of course, also what is happening in our lives. Um, we are somehow or other being swept up. And it may not seem always to us like such a tidal wave, sometimes it may appear that a long path and that we have to walk it all by ourselves. But then, somehow or other, over time, over time we begin to see more and more how it was a tidal wave all along, how actually all this mercy was around us in so many ways and what an incredible impact it had on deeply it affected us and how it totally changed our life um, and how while we thought we were dragging our feet that actually there was no way of going back going back to a life of ignorance going back going back to 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 the belief that there's only one life one little life and everything has to be done one little life. Can we ever think so small again? Is that possible? One little life. Um, no, not, not actually realistic. To limit ourselves that in one little life, all has to be, all fulfillment has to be found in one little life. Everything that is there within the human heart has to be expressed, experienced in one little life. If you think it's possible in one little life. It's just a snap. It's just these days I meet my contemporaries and then they suddenly their hair goes white. Oh, you know, you don't see them for a month and you come back and their hair's gone all white. And they realize, oh my God, uh, it's getting 
serious. So this, this was 
was ecstatic accounting, although accounting in itself uh, is a sort of a dry activity. Uh, but for Baba, it was not, because he was seeing through this, this money touch the life so many conditions so so it transformed everything everything became becomes transformed by his path of pure devotional service these ages in the past uh, could not understand material scholarship oh uh, yes material scholarship can understand many things History, but material scholarship cannot penetrate in the depths of pure love. How can a child understand the the relationship, the conjugal relationship between an adult male and female? A child cannot understand because it doesn't have the experience of the whole that relationship. How can we understand what love of God is? How can we understand? We sit in Vrindavan, we hear so many descriptions. But how deep? How deep is that? How deep is our joy? How deep is our love there? scratching the surface. We don't see. We don't see. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami sits down and begins to write descriptions of Radha Kund. When he writes down descriptions of Radha Kund, he sees a totally different Radha Kund than we do. He sees jeweled swings on the corners. And he sees a palace, a golden palace, with a jeweled bridge in the middle of Radha Kund. So far. Uh, uh, so all these things, uh, there are so many dimensions as to what love of God really is. So much more to be revealed. Uh, all that is possible uh, to attain. Talk of impersonal liberation will not become bitter. Swami says that the happiness attained from uh, impersonal liberation is not even comparable to one millionth of the ecstasy one experiences in love of God. <coughs> so then the person wrote to me, I think when I read this, that this is liberation, that this is, sorry, that this is exaggeration. So anyone who might think this is exaggeration, for him, the talk of impersonal liberation has not yet become bitter. For a for one love of God, impersonal liberation is like most 
says Karibalyam Narakayate, it is simply hell. It is hell. Because impersonalists, the Mayavadi, the Mayavadi, he who adheres to the philosophy of Maya, the philosophy that Krishna is Maya, that his abode is Maya, and that devotional service to him is Maya. So three reasons why the Mayavadi is actually adhering to this Maya philosophy. Krishna doesn't exist, therefore no devotional service, and the spiritual world also doesn't exist. Done. That cuts off all the nature, that cuts off everything. That denies the entire experience of the spiritual world. The six Goswamis, who are um, the personification of the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa Goswami is described as the perfect replica of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, that means that he is fully embodying the entire mood of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Not that he's a, a double, you know, a clone. No, he is rather completely, completely um, emanating the same mood and the same spirit in the six Goswamis. Krishna Kirtana Gama Nartana Paru Premamritambunidhi Srinivasacharya writes that the, the six Goswamis they're always engaged in Krishna, Kirtana, Gana, Nartana, Paro. They're always engaged in loudly chanting the holy name of Krishna. Um, and they are always emerged in the Premamri Tambo, the ocean of transcendental love. Premamri Tambo. So this ocean of transcendental love is very interesting. This ocean of transcendental love is, is there in the spiritual world. And it flows over also into the material world. Because the material world is simply a corner of the spiritual world, which is covered by some clouds of illusion. Therefore, we are already in the spiritual world. But somewhere other, due to illusion, we are not able to to recognize it, dreaming. We're currently dreaming. And when we wake up, we realize in the spiritual world, that's it. So, the Premamri Tambodan, the ocean of transcendental love of God, is something where in Anivedal chapter 4, Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, there is that particular section which describes the competition between the love of Radharani and the qualities of Krishna. And it says that Srimata Radharani's love and Krishna's qualities, they are like, which one is greater? It's hard to say. But Radharani, when she is looking at Krishna's qualities, each time she finds a new one, one that she had not seen before. And as soon as she finds that quality, then she embraces that in her heart and she loves it also. And in this
this way, her love increases. And then she finds still another quality. And her love increases. In this way, her love is increasing eternally. Now when Krishna is seeing this, this love, then Krishna also, his love also increases. There is this, this example given about smiling. When Srimadra Radharani sees Krishna, she feels like smiling. But because they're in public and it's a hidden relationship, she is hiding it. But there is a slight little curve at the corner of her mouth. Krishna sees that she's smiling. And therefore, he smiles. Srimadra Radharani sees that Krishna saw that she was smiling and therefore started smiling. Then Radharani <laughs> sees right, that Krishna actually saw that she was smiling and therefore increased his smiling. And therefore, uh, Radharani smiles a little more. And Krishna noticed it, that she noticed that he had noticed that she was smiling. And in this way, they keep on noticing and noticing and noticing. And in this way, this, in the end, they're beaming. Beaming, right? They can't hide it any longer. This is beaming. So we see how this love of God is just an exchange, and how the love of God in one ignites love in the other. And in this way, as Radharani is discovering more qualities of Krishna, that increases her love and that ignites more love in Krishna, which ignites more love in her, but not only in her, but in all the devotees. All the devotees are sharing in this and all the devotees see that the love is increasing in between Radha and Krishna, mutually. And all the devotees are also serving Krishna and Krishna's love towards these devotees is also increasing. And in this way, all the devotees look upon each other and seeing what amazing personalities they are. Look how they're serving Krishna. It's just like, and love is also developing in these relationships. Therefore, it's an ocean of love. Because ocean means in all direction. An ocean of water means water in all directions, wherever you look. Water, that's ocean. And love in all directions. But not just stagnant, you know, love and all that. No, no, dynamic love in all directions and increasing. So this is the spiritual world. Now this love of God has descended to this world. So this increasing ocean. And we also, little by little, we begin to discover more qualities of Krishna in the beginning. It's sort of, it's like,
Charlie gets that message. He, he 
goes beyond himself. He starts to jump up and down, and he's jumping up in the air, and he's just saying, Nichananda, Nichananda, Nichananda. What a friend! What a friend! What a friend! He has conquered me. See the secret of relationships. In relationships, we have to conquer. We have to conquer. The heart has to be conquered. We'll have to do something that is very dear to someone else if we want to conquer them. Otherwise, if we don't do something that means a lot to them, <laughs> it's not so easy. It's not so easy. Oh no, this heart is a bit snobbish. This heart is not so easily pleased. No, no, you have not done. You have not done what is dear to me. But I did so much for you. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't impress Together are worshiping Krishna because 
together, oh, together, they take each other to greater heights. Therefore, oh yes, the association of the devotees is to attain greater heights. Oh yes, we speak about the association of devotees for those who are practicing the regulated process of devotional service and that we depend on the Vaishnavas so that we can remain within the prescribed duties of sadhana Anyway, that sounds a little dry to me. That sounds a little bit like uh, that long, long seeing Lord Chaitanya's handsome face, which is overcome with feelings of love with Krishna, and which has blossoming lotus eyes, filled with a great flood of tears, a person becomes maddened with newer and newer feelings of devotional love. See, I just explained all that. Now we hear newer and newer feelings of devotional love. Humbly thinking oneself lower than a blade of grass, natural gentleness and charm, speaking words as sweet as nature, spitting at the insignificant sense gratification of this world, disinterest in the affairs of this world, and overwhelming love for Lord Hari are the transcendental virtues of the devotees of Lord Guru. Yeah, yeah I, I walked down the road towards Bhakti Center past this cafe called Karma and well I had a look inside it didn't look like good karma leave all that now uh, no more attraction to such karma all limited. It all, the fruits of good karma are also temporary. The demigods, uh, demigod existence is good. Oh yes, everything that we would desire in this world, they have it. Bodies that are ever fresh and beautiful and always young. They never age. Mm. Full, full power. But then it runs out, Punya runs out, the good credits run out, and they come down. That part's not good. That we 
this anxiety, maybe forgotten anxiety, but somewhere in the back of the mind there is that anxiety. And then it is said, they have everything, everything. And it said, even when the ladies enjoy with their husbands on the bank of the, on the banks of the heavenly Ganga, still not satisfied. And that's the best that exists in the universe. And what we get down here. Sometimes, sometimes due, due to the hunger, due to the emptiness in our heart, we project all that emptiness on something. I can give the example, the lady is waiting, where is the prince? All this time, the prince did not come around the corner. Where is he? Finally, some guy comes around, around the corner, he's got cauliflower ears, but, and no horse, <laughs> no horse, nothing. So anyway, I guess the prince left his horse, but you know, in the end, you have to settle for something. And then you settle for something, and that's it. project all this hope on the material situation and even for a moment the boy with the colorful flower ears looks like a prince and then he will have many children all with cauliflower ears <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is just a colorful uh, illustration of, of the point yes so that we project our own desires upon the world around us. And this way we color it. And this is called in love. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta has a, uh, an analogy. He said you meet a, a personality and you see this personality is, is amazing. This personality has amazing quality. This person is like an ocean. Then you walk around the shores of that ocean and realize it's not any bigger than a pond and you never care to see that person again. It's called falling in love and falling out of love. <laughs> this analogy. Uh, and where does it come from? It comes from the desire in our heart for fulfillment exist in this material sense gratification. It doesn't. Therefore, if Vaishnava spits, says, no, no, this, forget it. This glitter of Maya, this is not going to work. This is, this is illusion. It, and I'm, and the illusion is being fed by my own desire that colors the world and just like makes it look so beautiful. Mm 
It's a wonderful world, and I know you're sitting there. <laughs> I have an app, New York Times, and today I clicked on it somewhere or other, and they opened up the same old boring question. They must have had no news. And the question was, are there really alligators in the New York sewage? <laughs> now, this is an old one that has come up so many times. And, you know, it said, like, and they, they published it again. And because there is no news. It's all the same thing. And when there's really no news, then you can always write an article about the gators in the New York sewer. But the emptiness is getting too much. The need for fulfillment. So then we look for it all. And this is called romance. We paint it and we see it and we project it upon someone and say, yes, yes, this person is. And then, I'm re and then after a while, I'm really disappointed in you. You're not living up to the expectations. You know, you were supposed to be colored and all this, and now you're liking all these colors. Worships, worship millions of the most exalted spiritual masters, if you wish. Study millions of Vedic literatures, if you wish. But no, it is they who have attained the merciful sidelong glance of Lord Chaitanya who will understand the great secret that is pure love for Krishna. So now, millions of spiritual masters, millions of Vedic literature, the whole Vedic culture, in one sweep, he's pointed out that this is all incomplete. That never before has this been available. Uh, yes, the whole Vedic culture, the whole tradition, everything in one moment. Bhavodananda uh, is writing it off. Pointing out this is insignificant. Great secret of pure love will not be understood unless one has that connection with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Spiritual masters may uplift us to the point of liberation, to the point of Vaikuntha, to, to the point to take us out of the material world. Let renunciation be multiplied millions of times, let millions of virtues, beginning with peace of the sense control, tolerance and friendliness, be multiplied millions of times. Let there be millions of meditations on the words Tatvam Asi. Let there be devotion to Lord Vishnu multiplied millions of times. All this taken together does not equal even a millionth part of the multitude of perfect transcendental qualities possessed by the great souls who find
find transcendental bliss in the splendor of the toenails of the dear devotees of Sriman Chaitanya Chandra. Are you also finding, uh, finding that, you know, like transcendental bliss in the splendor of the toenails of the devotees? <laughs> <laughs>
But I thought that they were too extreme. That these people were like so extreme in their religion. I thought there had to be something a little bit more balanced. And uh, so I kept my distance. And one day, I met a girl who later became my wife. And, uh, and she had a dog. And then I would walk with this dog at night. And this dog didn't want to come back. Walk around the block and let it go loose, right? And then, um, and I, but then the dog would just run away. I'd be calling this dog very loud. So every night I was just calling him very loud. <laughs> Krishna! around the block <laughs> and in this way I was doing Harinam Sankar <laughs> every night I had no idea what I was doing I didn't know I didn't know that I was actually doing Harinam Sankar but you can see the result look <laughs> Shiva Nanda, 19-year-old boy from the States, 
was there in Germany all by himself with cartels on the street, standing Hare Krishna. Then Bhakti Bhushan, he just met him and, uh, and he chanted with him and so he gave him a magazine and the next day he joined him. He just joined him. And I, I, so I shared a room with him and I asked him, Chaitanya Prabhupada said 90% will do 
much to keep the question centered on what you spoke in class today. Um, you said something about just by yourself, one will not realize, and I'm paraphrasing, one will not realize Mahaprabhu's love or this divine love. Just you by have to, ourselves, we will not realize Mahaprabhu's love. Right, and you have to give it away. Can you talk about how by giving love we get divine love? Or by participating in the Sankirtan movement? Well, I spoke about this principle of conquering and doing something, doing something that is really dear to, to others' hearts. And this is what we have to give. Yeah, 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 yeah.